You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series, movie, or audio and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Kenneth. And tonight we are looking at Season 1, Episode 6 of Space Above and Beyond, the episode entitled Eyes. That's E-Y-E-S, not A-Y-E-S. Or I-I-I-I-I-S, you know, it's just, just Eyes. Episode synopsis. The Saratoga is putting into Earth for some much-needed R&R, but it is not to be. The Secretary General of the Commonwealth of Earth is assassinated by an in vitro, and everything goes into a security lockdown. The 58th gets some much-needed replacements for their depleted squadron in the forms of Lieutenant Bissark, Stone, and Swerko. Swerko is just exactly the kind of egotistical bigoted asshat you'd expect in the space jarheads, and he wastes no time getting into a fight with Tank, which is broken up by the Colonel. On Earth, with the death of the Secretary General, Undersecretary Chapeau of France is currently in charge. Chapeau, like France, is ultra-right-wing. He has a controversial position on the escalation of the Chig War and has vocally opposed in vitro affirmative action programs. There will be an election for the new Secretary General soon, and Chapeau is a top contender. His primary opponent is Diane Hayden of the United States. She also holds controversial positions on the Chig War in that she wants to open a dialogue with the enemy, and she has been a long-standing supporter of in vitro rights. She also was formerly on the Board of Governors for Aerotech, which raises questions in West's tiny little mind. Swerko, true to expected form, sut, likes the cut of Chapu's jib. The election of the new Secretary-General will take place aboard the Saratoga, and the ambassadors gather for the conference and election. There's one complication. Due to the paranoia on the planet below, all in vitros must undergo loyalty tests, including the two on the Saratoga, Colonel McQueen and Cooper Hawks. Admiral Ross warns McQueen and tries to send him and the 58th on a mission to get them out of sight for a while. The tactic fails, and McQueen and Tank are taken for questioning under a truth verifier. The 58th proceed with a mission, heading to the moon to pick up some cargo. On the way, Swerko tries to spread more doubt about the in vitros, which seems to find fertile ground in West's tiny little mind. Their cargo turns out to be Diane Hayden, being shuttled to the Saratoga in secret. Not so big of a secret, though, as there is a bomb aboard the shuttle, but some quick thinking on Swerko's part saves the shuttle and their VIP. Back on the Saratoga, McQueen refuses to proceed with the loyalty test when they ask him if he has ever betrayed his country. They place him in detention and begin interrogating Tank. Tank's answers are a little dodgy, but things get weirder when the machine surreptitiously administers an injection to Tank. Hayden and the 58th arrive on the Saratoga, but Hayden refuses bodyguards, and then proceeds to visit McQueen in detention. She explains that she thinks this loyalty test is barbaric, and that she has to go along with it until she's elected. You have to stand up to your opposition at the right time, and even then you can't let them know you're doing it. Pragmatic. I believe that's the charitable term for that form of politician. Chapu has called for West to see him. He likes the cut of West's jib, and so he decides to let him know a little secret. Aerotech knew the aliens were out there and proceeded with a colonization program anyway. I'll fight them, says Chapu. What about you? Chapu leaves and his aide asks for a favor for his boss. Tonight, after the meeting, while you're on watch, leave the doors unlocked so that Chapu and Hayden can have a private little off-the-books meeting. Tank visits the colonel and begins babbling in the same way Fox Mulder used to, just without the intelligence behind the words. McQueen, knowing something is wrong, demands to take the loyalty test. That night, West does leave the doors open, but he at least has the sense to sneak around to see what happens. There is no meeting between Chapu and Hayden, but an armed Swerko shows up and tries to kill Chapu. West forces the assassination attempt, and Swerko is killed in his escape attempt. Having failed, Hayden's agents activate their backup assassin, Tank. 
Shapu's aide is getting Shapu off the carrier and puts him on a shuttle, then leaves to go get some papers. Inside the shuttle, Tank confronts Shapu, but a newly released McQueen intercedes. Recognizing that Tank is programmed to kill when he sees Shapu's tastefully French-styled Nazi badge, McQueen uses one to distract Tank long enough to disarm him and save Shapu's life. Shapu's aide is arrested, but before he's taken out, he chastises West, comparing Shapu to Hitler. He should have stopped him before he seizes power. It seems that all of Hayden's machinations have failed, as Shapu still lives, and will no doubt have more sympathy for having been an assassin's target. Or not. It turns out all Hayden's machinations were for nothing, because she wins the election anyway, and now governs Earth. During an awards ceremony for West, he breaks protocol and refuses the medal, asking instead for the truth. Did Aerotech know about the aliens beforehand? Hayden walks away. The end. Well, they're laying it on a bit thick in this episode, aren't they? Yes. Um, I mean, that French party logo looking amazingly swastika-like is not subtle. No. <laughs> it was not. It's like, how do we do it? I, I can hear the art department now. How do we do a swastika? without doing a swastika. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, we'll make it tastefully French-styled. You know, after a couple of episodes of, well, let's just say fluff. <laughs> let's yeah. be charitable and say fluff. I mean, this is this is dense. I, I had to watch it twice. I watched this three times. Even, for me to even try to figure out what the heck was going on, because the machinations were so, all right, let's use the word, idiotic. Uh, that that it, it was like this makes no sense whatsoever. I'm I'm pretty sure it's not me. I'm pretty sure it makes no sense. But we could talk about that later. But in general, what did you think of the episode? Mixed, but uh, it's better. It, it's it's better than anything that's come before. Okay, okay. Um, what well, I didn't notice was this a uh, Morgan and Wong? Yes, it was. Go figure. That when Tank comes into McQueen's office and he talks about you have to, actions can only be, or loyalty can only be tested by manifest action. And then those go like, he's like, he's, he's talking. They, they just lifted that from Fox Mulder somewhere from one of those narrations that Mulder used to give sometimes over a, a particularly insightful piece, except Tank is an idiot. And when an idiot tries to spout, you know, big words and stuff, <laughs> big thoughts, just, I mean, okay, yes, McQueen is supposed to spot that and go, yeah, Tank couldn't have, uh, Tank doesn't know a three-syllable word like manifest <laughs> or whatever, but stipple. Actually, I got vibes of, of someone trying to do a riff on the Manchurian candidate. Could be. I haven't seen that in a very, very long time. Classic movie from 1962 um, about a veteran of the Korean War, uh, brainwashed into be into becoming an unwitting assassin and his target is his red baiting stepfather who is a vice presidential candidate and it, it's and the the trigger in that movie is solitaire and playing the game yes that is exactly how people trigger him i'm guessing it's something the father-in-law does uh regularly well, it's no. It's just something that his the people who reconditioned him um, put that trigger in, and so when someone says, "Why don't you pass the time by playing some solitaire?" You see the uh, guy's eyes. Oh, the word. Over. Yeah, it's been a very, very long time since I've seen a Manchurian Candidate, and I suspect I saw it when I was quite young, and didn't care. It's <laughs> a great movie. Yeah, well, I and I'm not I'm not debating that. It's just you know if you watch the Manchurian Candidate when you're eight or nine years old, you probably miss it. Yeah, yeah, don't of your care. Head. Yeah, um, it's like okay, so he's brainwashed. I mean, heck, I've seen that a million times in TV. Probably all stolen from the Manchurian Candidate, but you know, it's um, yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, I get the the whole when he's, he's babbling over, he's kind of like that way. I just I, it just the words in his mouth reeked of the words that Morgan and Wong put in Mulder's mouth because okay. they, he would do that grandiose sort of, it, it just, it's like, wow, it just feels, it just felt it uh, to me. And that was uh, what I was getting at. But yeah, I, you know, I'm going to start off. I'm going to say, like I said, I felt like this one was packed in. 
they they were they were trying to they were trying to make up for the last few episodes. I'm not saying that's necessarily successful, but you know when you start off, and I really do appreciate this. Uh, if if nothing else in this episode, I really do appreciate this, and that is tell my mother I died for my country. I did what I thought best. John Wilkes attributed John Wilkes Booth. That's right. And this is how I feel about patriotism. It's a tool to be used in the purposes of bad things. Samuel Johnston, um, patriotism is 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 uh, the is a ref is the last refuge of a scoundrel. I perfectly, perfectly fitting. Um, it, it is, uh, and it, you know, it's it's been used. Th- this show uses that, and that that is the one thing why I appreciate it in this show. These guys are all doing this earth and you know, I'm jarhead and let's go and it's no different. Right? Right. You're 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 somebody else's bad guys. They are the Chig's bad guys. They are. And you know, the Chigs are probably doing the whole thing, the same thing over on the other side. It's like there is no there is no merit to patriotism that is that is of that type you know uh i have been i've been chastised on that over the years like, you, should, you should be proud of your country it's like i'm only proud of my country when my country does things to be proud of good point. actions actions not accident of birth yes and there are there are a lot of things that are good don't get me wrong but you don't gloss over the bad things and you don't you don't take it as a as a a religion or a mantra or whatever to be, you know, I've got to do what's right for my country. It's like, no, that's, that's, that's wrong. That that's just functionally wrong. And so they started this episode off with that. And I thought, oh, I think, I think this is either going to be really heavy handed or this might be really some really sly, can't think of the word now, but <laughs> writing on their part to try to get, make a point. But I think it turned out to just be sort of heavy-handed in the yeah. end, because I don't yes. think they made a point in the <laughs> by the end no. of this episode. Well, they excuse me, my except cats. that they're all nasty. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me, my cat's trying to get up here on the desk, which keep pushing her back. Um, but anyway, the yes, but also I the more I, okay, I watched this episode three times. Each time, the first time, I always watch it at least twice, but the third time this time because I wanted to try to pick up hints here and there, see if I could noticed something I missed the first two times. And more than anything, on the third time, I started noticing more and more plot holes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And dangling plot th- and dangling plot threads. Uh, so, for example, the uh, silicates. Yes, that's the big one. They show why up. Why are they there? I don't know why they're there. There's some, there's some purpose. Except yeah. that perhaps to cast some further suspicion on Hayden. Like, why? what is she doing smuggling syndicates to Earth? Yeah, again? or was she using them as a weapon? Yes. Or was she going to use them as a scapegoat against the killing of Shapu? I, I, yeah, it, it's it's really, it's really odd. So, you're talking plot holes. Let me just, let me just run over here what I think I saw. Okay. And we'll see, see if I understand this plan correctly. So, it starts that Hayden has managed to get Shapu's top aide to be an agent in her employ. Yes. Presenting bazillions of opportunities to kill Shapu previously, yes. prior to this, that, that did not in any way require the, the level of mechanism. Okay. Her, his right-hand man is an agent for Hayden. Then somehow Hayden gets Swerko, a right-wing nut job, who... Is does he really believe in Shapu's ideals, or is that just his persona in in this episode that he's playing a game? I took it as he was sincere. I felt like he was sincere too. Then why would he want to kill? In the end, he didn't seem like he was Manchurian candidated, like Tank. Yeah, unless Hayden is not all she appears to be. She could be that way too. She's maybe hiding behind a mask. Could be, could be. Maybe those fake eyes are are covering the fact that she's a uh, a, a synth. But uh, okay, so now they make an assassination attempt 
on Hayden. All right, for, do we think Hayden was behind the assassination attempt or the the uh, successful assassination of the previous Secretary General? Um, we have no evidence of that, but no, uh, but it would not surprise me. Okay, so then they plant Swerko plants a bomb. Presumably, the idea is to allay suspicion, to make Hayden look like a target. Okay, yes. he plants a bomb, which, if if anybody had given it ten seconds of thought, they would have realized was intended to be found. Why? Because what is the first thing it did? It interfered with their navigation and made them all go, ah, ah, something's interfering with our navigation. Oh, right. we can't dock on the space. We can't dock at the Saratoga if there's an interference with our navigation. Then they find the bomb and they go, hey, this thing's probably dead programmed to detonate at a pre-programmed length of time from the moment we get the landing clearance signals to the moment we land. I was like, okay, that makes sense, except for the part where you jammed their landing system so they can't land, so you effectively prevent them from doing the thing you were expecting them to do. So it sounds to me like it's intended to fail. Yeah. It's intended to alert you. And then, of course, the fact that they they totally made the mistake of not realizing that uh, metal clipboards are aluminum. Um, yeah. Which, which would not have taken the magnetic uh, thing, but okay, let's say they have a metal, uh, they have a metal clipboard, which Swerko, who did find the bomb very easily, he like went right over to the cabinet, opened it up, go there Here's it is the bomb. Well, he planted it, fair enough, and then he's got a plan to take it off, which is using the metal clipboard, sliding it underneath the thing without breaking the contact. Okay, maybe that's fine. Maybe you can do that. Maybe you can't. Depending on the switch, it's his bomb. Obviously, he planned on doing this. He takes it into the airlock. He puts on the world's lamest spacesuit, sets the metal, again, let's call it ferric metal, uh, clipboard down on the ferric metal deck with a strong magnet on it, and then opens the door, and somehow it gets blown out because magnetism wouldn't just keep yeah. both the clipboard and the and the bomb stuffed in the thing. But okay, so that is a that's a false flag, right? Is that we're going so that so that yes. Hayden appears, I don't know, heroic or targeted yeah. or to allay suspicion when the next assassination attempt occurs. That seems like the plan, yes. Okay. The next part of the plan apparently requires Chapu to get West in there and get him all in a fighting mood. Right? Because it's it's Chapu who actually talks with West and says yeah, Hayden's bad, and she's part of Aerotech, and they knew, and I'm going to fight them. What about you, young man? And then Shapu leaves. Now, when you watch the episode, you could make it say he leaves the room because of plausible deniability, right? The aide yeah. gives him instructions. But we know the aide now is not working for him. The aide's working for Hayden, so the aide gives him completely different instructions. What, what was... What was Shapu's point behind this? Was he just trying to get one vote from somebody who actually doesn't get to vote in the election? I don't know. You know, it, it felt like he was priming yeah. him to go get him to fight. Yeah, but again, he but West wasn't on the board to elect. You're right. Right. So he must have been priming him to go do something. And then, you know, when the aide tells him to go leave the door unlocked, you go, ah, see. And... Was was West supposed to understand that this sounded really, really dodgy? Oh, we just want to have a, a secret private meeting that nobody knows about, so we just want you to, you know, leave the door unlocked and, and don't bother to see what's happening. I mean, what would have happened if he hadn't stuck around and Swerko came in and killed Shapoot? Uh, West, well, somebody would have confronted West and asked why that door was unlocked. And then he says, well, Shapu's people asked me to do that so that he could have a meeting with Hayden. Obviously, Hayden killed him. Arrest her. So, plan didn't, would not go well for Hayden. No, it wouldn't. So, that kind of didn't make any sense. And then, the backup plan, were, were they, you know, how did they, well, again, how did they get Swerko to, to even go along with the plan? But then, 
were they doing the loyalty tests to see if they could find somebody suitable to Manchurian candidate? And, that was and, what I was the impression I got. So they would have been willing to use McQueen as well. Yes. Okay. And then, yeah. Did we know that Tank killed somebody? I thought he was just beating people up in the first episode. He was. Or, you know, fighting back of people who were trying to probably kill him. So that whole, this whole plot line about he's killed somebody before, which McQueen knows about, which presumably therefore must be in his record, is... Something happened off screen. They would have known about it in his personnel file, and so they were just asking the question to see if he'd lie about it. I'm guessing. Apparently. And then they give him the shot, they program him with the, the logo, which, you know, frankly, they're all over the place. Um, I mean, the, uh, the, 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 the bodyguard has it on his garment. Yeah, yes. Um, although he wasn't wearing it there, you know, <laughs> towards the end, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, and what, so Shapu lives, he, he doesn't get killed at the end. He's rescued. So all of this was for nothing. All of it was for nothing. It failed. The, the aid has been caught. Presumably they can put him under the truth verifier and find out who he was really working for. So there you go. Um, Hayden is exposed. Except that Hayden has won the election. Apparently all their efforts were worthless. Yes. And I would not be surprised if this bodyguard um, has an accident. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't surprise me or or escapes, disappears, unauthorized uh, prisoner transfer on his way back to Earth. And uh, they had all the right codes on the shuttle. Yeah. It's just a good B5 reference there, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) So, yeah, it, it just, like, I'm not sure if this plan had worked, what would the, <laughs> what would have happened? It, it, it is, um, it, it succeeds only in its failure. And, <laughs> but yeah. All right. So that, I was, I wasn't wrong. Those were, that was the way it was, it played out in the end there. Okay. All right. Yeah. I just, I'm, it is a ridiculous plot. Both in the story and in the, both the episode and within it, I did I did look up the uh, did look up Hayden, um, and she is in the last episode. Okay, okay. Um, I don't know what happens last episode, but I know she's in it. What uh, about Shapu? No, we never see him again. Well, okay. Okay, but I do also know that the original plan that Glenn Morgan and James Wong had for this series was that it was supposed to be a five-year arc. Right. So I was I wonder where this arc was going to go. Well, maybe when we're done, <laughs> when we're done looking at these, there's probably somebody out there who's at least got uh, an interview or something with Wong Morgan that, that says the... Uh, the planned arc for it. But yeah, I think they've given up on, on a revival. That'd be my guess at this point. It's been so long. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. In no particular logical order, weren't they all incredibly insensitive to tank at the beginning of the episode? I I can't wait. Going home to see my family. And then, oh, we got my family and then, oh, my brother. And then we are going to have some great time with my family and my sisters. And, oh, family, 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 Tank. What do you think about Earth? (laughs) Well, the one person who was not insensitive was Damn Foose. She was insensitive, too, for a while. And then suddenly, I think she realized it. And she turned around. Yeah. And you could come along. You could come along after we rubbed it in quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think she, she caught it, but she was just as guilty as the yeah. rest of them at the beginning. It's like, I was thinking, which, as I was watching the scene, which one of them is suddenly going to dawn on their face and go, oh, eh, maybe we should exclude Tank more often. Yeah. <laughs> like he's a bit of a downer when you're talking about Bam. Yeah. Um, I had a sister once. She was never born. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they had to turn the power off. Yeah. Exactly. We got a couple things about Earth history. I think 
I'm, I'm doubting it. So you've watched it three times. Maybe you'll remember. Yeah. The silicates killed someone in 51. Was that I another secretary down. general? Or was, was it a, another president? He was, was, was a president. Yeah, it was a president. Pre his okay. name was Young. President Young. I didn't remember what title it was, but he was obviously a dignitary. That was in 51. Yes. Okay. And Hayden was arrested in 31. Yes. Participating in in vitro rights rallies. So 20 years difference there. And this show is set when? 63. 63. Okay. So we've had a good assassination 12 years ago of somebody, but we don't know what country. Well, Young, it's probably America. Probably, probably American president, the way the Marines were talking. So let's ask this question. Diane Hayden and Chapu are quote unquote ambassadors. And in fact, I wanted to ask about that because uh, Chapu was the was the Under Secretary General, yes, basically the Vice President of of the UN or whatever they're calling the the Commonwealth of Earth or whatever the exact title name was, and yet they continually addressed him as Ambassador. Surely, that's a slight. Surely, you in, you would address him as either Under Secretary or Secretary because he is the Acting Secretary. Yeah general yeah. at that point so if for example good point the united states has a president and an ambassador and the ambassador is sent to the commonwealth and the ambassador is elected to be the secretary general does that mean that ambassadors are higher than presidents in this weird hierarchy in this weird hierarchy i guess it means that the secretary general is higher um you know, I Who was wondering the ambassadors. Yes, yeah, well, yes, the yeah. I thought I was wondering about how the UN works in this version of 2063, because apparently it's become more centralized. Uh -huh. um, but I but I can take it that each country has its ambassador, and I'm not. And then there's the secretary general, there's the undersecretary general, and all of that. And I wonder. But what what about sovereignty at this point? Because oh, we know there's already a Europe. We know there's a European Union. France just left it. <laughs> I laughed out loud. I yeah. heard that one. What stupid country would do something that dumb? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, but uh, wait, but think, I was thinking about the year this came out, 1995. <laughs> and you think about what what was happening in French politics in 1995. They were swinging a bit right wing, as I recall. Um, Jean-Marie Le Pen of the National Front got into the second round of the presidential election. Yeah. But again, you know, if if I were... Yes, it's weird that you have a commonwealth of country. I, I'm not... Okay, that's not quite correct. I mean, I'm... In a way, I'm in favor of this in the long run, right? I, because, of course, I'm not very nationalistic. So... Um, there are practical reasons why it might not work, but from a conceptual point of view, I'm fine with it. However, I would want it to be a representative body. And the UN is not really a representative body. The UN is a delegated body. The, exactly. the, the heads of state appoint the ambassadors and the ambassadors are under the instructions to do what the heads of state tell them to do. And... Yes, the Secretary General is given more power, but I just don't think that you could sustainably or, or in any way convince people to go along with a system by which I elect a president, the president appoints a, an ambassador, the ambassador is sent to, let's call it the UN, and then the ambassadors vote amongst themselves and pick who they want to be in charge, who is, per the news, leader of the world and per Shabu. It's like that's a that's a couple layers of abstraction too far from what I would be willing to accept and what I think anybody would be willing to accept. You know, no, no matter how rabid you are with regards to one world government kind of uh idea, um, you know, just let the Illuminati run it, the Bavarians and and it'll be fine. But <clears throat> But none of this, you know, ambassadors and it just wouldn't, it wouldn't work. I don't, I don't think they thought that through very well. 
um, when they were designing this. They wanted to make it the UN. They probably wanted to make a, a bookie man of the UN, frankly. You know, that would that would play in quite a lot with the paranoia of a lot of people. And, and how do they vote? I mean, does each country get a vote? The episode, or, you know, <laughs> the episode specified that there was a commission, the members of which elected the secretary general. And it seemed right. to be very, a fairly small commission since they all fit on a few one shuttles. Ship, a few shuttles, yeah. No, no, they got in a few shuttles. There, there were, there were, I don't know, like eight shuttles or something flying yeah. around on the screen. So, I mean, it, you know, I'm, I'm guessing there's supposed to be one from each country. I mean, they saved time and effort by not putting them all on screen, but a, a couple hundred. But, but really, does, does Panama get the same vote as China? We don't know, you know, because because we we all know how great electoral colleges that aren't based on proper, yeah, population statistics work really well. Yeah, let's see, what else have I got? I I was pleased to see the fifty eighth got some replacements. I think we talked about that. Uh, that you know they keep killing people off, and we've just got that main six. Right, is it six? Well, they're well, 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 they're, they're counting the, the five, the five plus McQueen. Yeah. Okay. So you get the core six, which is pretty small squadron. And, uh, so I was pleased to see we got some replacements. I wonder if we'll ever see stone and, uh, no, the other one again. I, ch- I checked Sark. IMDB. No. Now that's a huge mistake. They should have kept them around for a few episodes and killed them. I agree. The Sark wasn't even bad. Right. Yeah. I mean, at the end, she did something. I can't remember what it was, but you know, she was she was not she was not touting the the lines of uh, Twerko, which is just a weird name. Is that a real name? Have we ever heard of anyone named Swerko before? I haven't. Okay. There's no one else on this series named that. You know, the rest of the people have pretty ordinary names, uh, with one exception. And we'll get to that. <laughs> so I I thought it was interesting. Actually, we're getting to it right now because it's in no particular order. I thought it was interesting that Swerka was able to sow doubt in in the 58th by pointing out they don't know McQueen's first name. Uh, he's that... your commanding he's your commanding officer. You know right. his first name. It's Colonel or Sir. Exactly. There is there is no need for them to have familiarity. That is, and if they don't know his name, that's on hit them, not on him. You know, yeah, it, that's, it was a. It, Take it an was, interest and find out. Was not a valid point, and that was I took that as an example of the writers laying this on a bit too thickly. Mm-hmm. But if my name were Tyrus Cassius, I wouldn't tell him either. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I do appreciate when they asked him if if his if T C McQueen stood for Tyrus Cassius. He thought that it was Top Gat. It's like good for you, sir. Yes. Good for you. It's a good little cartoon reference. But I'll, I'll give you the opportunity before I continue on with my dose. You got, got some things to bring I up? I do. I do. Uh, what do we think about what Shapu told West that Aerotech knew that the Chigs were out there? I don't know what to make of it. Uh, I, I genuinely don't know. don't know what to make of it. You know, it wouldn't surprise me. I'll put it that way. Just based on what we've seen so far. Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying it's a lie. I'm, I'm saying, what is the goal for them to mount all that money and expedition to send them out there if if they assumed that they were going to get attacked? Completely so, counterintuitive. Totally counterintuitive, unless again, it's a false talking, flag or operation. Yeah, yeah, right. But then again, we're talking about this series. Yeah, yeah. It's like they, they've done something dastardly. I, I have to believe... That Aerotech is in it for Aerotech's benefit, right? And there is an interesting line uh, in the episode. I, I'm sure you caught it, but I'll I'll bring it out. Diane Hayden resigned from the Aerotech Board of Governors for potential conflict of interest. Never caught that. What would that be if she is a shill for them? It, you know, if if she's working their bidding. It, would you? I mean, maybe she just because you're going to go into politics, you have to quit the board. But she's really not quit. She's really on it. They're just pretending like she's not. It could be anything like that. I just I can't see their end game. I can't see any logical reason why they 
would want to expend that money unless are they in weapons are they making it back in arms sales because we're at war now you know maybe somebody would be that stupid to think they could make that work but you know earth appears to be on the verge of being defeated that can't work in their favor you provoke no a war chance. that you can't win that's that's not in your favor i don't know so there's a there's another bit earlier where she uh confronts or west confronts her basically saying you know you can't uh can't make peace with these people or the aliens they they butcher people they defenseless people and then she says this really weird comment about it's no different than the american indians i caught that and then so they you know they it's no different than when we encountered the american indians and then there is this thing about what else would they have done except in the face of overwhelming odds? And then, then West turns around and says, well, after this surrender, the, the slaughter just kept going on. And maybe I'm a little biased as a, as a Potawatomi, but to me, the people being slaughtered were the American Indians. They were. And I thought that was the point that she was making is that it's no different that, you know, the Chigs are slaughtering us in the same way that the white people were slaughtering the native Americans, except then they kind of turn it with that whole idea of having to give up in the face of overwhelming odds. Now, if that's a metaphor for us, then she's saying we have to surrender. And if she's saying we have to surrender, then West is saying, well, but the slaughter just kept going on. I, it sounded to me like he was talking about the, the Native Americans continuing to slaughter the 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 white. I it made no he sense was. whatsoever. It made no it, sense whatsoever. <laughs> yes, like, and Hayden's analogy would have fit the humans, not the chigs. Yeah, and I I you know I don't know. I don't understand what's going on, unless there is some huge money making potential out of the chigs. None of this makes any sense for the for Aerotech to to have precipitated this uh, this war. But yeah, I, I I walked out of that American Indian uh, analogy uh, just confused. Like, do they they have a clue what they're talking about? No, I don't see if we No. And then my favorite line is, "You have to stand up at the right time, and you can't let them know you're doing it." I'm I'm sorry. I'm just gonna plant my flag in the ground and say that if you're standing up to someone and they don't know you're standing up to them, you are not standing up to them. Yeah. I caught that too. And it's like um, this script needed um, at least one more pass. <laughs> at least, like okay, let's hand this to somebody who isn't in my head, and maybe they can sort it out for me a little bit. Yeah, that's. I think that's. Um, by the way, why did why did West get a uh, medal and McQueen didn't? Oh, uh, yeah, and another plot hole. Or is it because he's a he's one of the only two tanks on the? But, but yes, but she's supposed to be pro in vitro rights and affirmative action. Yeah, yeah, she is, isn't she? Yeah, that is exactly another weird thing. And why wasn't even McQueen there? Surely your commanding officer would be there for the scene where you get your medal, your medal. of whatever. Or, or almost get your medal. Yeah, well, supposed to get your medal. I don't know. And of course she just walks away. I mean, if she's such a if she's such a devious killing killer, surely West will just die on his next mission due to equipment failure. Right? I mean, that right. would make perfect sense. Yeah. Oh, he knows. Kill him. Yeah. But but he's one of the main cast, you know. It's uh, he's supposed to live. <clears throat> I I can't say that I'm really in 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 favor of that. <laughs> but uh, and there you go. Um, one thing that's uh, how do we put this? How do I put this? I don't know how you put it. Out. I put it. The the questioning for the loyalty tests. Ah, who is who is conducting? Well, I know it's somebody who works for Hayden because he's the shadowy guy that says your operative has failed. Shall right. we operate do the backup? But no, that's that's not what I mean. Quite what I mean. Our boys are Americans, right? 
Right. Okay. So this is this is the American military inside the Earth conglomerate, whatever we want to call it. Yes. Have you ever killed for your country is the question. Not have you ever killed for Earth? Have you ever killed for your country? Would you die for your country? Tree. Not your and planet. Not your planet. Not for the Earth. Not for the war. They're they're specifically talking about fighting for your country. Have you ever killed for your country? And I think that we're supposed to take from this that, you know, the U.S. is fighting the Chigs for the U.S. and Mexico's fighting the Chigs for Mexico and, and all that kind of nonsense. And yet it seemed to me like these loyalty tests were imposed by the U.N. They were. I'm not sure what the, where the sovereignty resides here. I did listen to the little piece of dialogue that's oh, on for the newscast that uh-huh. under the under under the other the other dialogue. Yeah. Where it's where that the where the UN had not yet become a commonwealth. They were about to become a commonwealth of nations when Chartwell got killed. Well no wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I... I also listened to that, and I thought she was giving a historical perspective that she was saying that mm-hmm. it had, because Chapu okay. later on said, "Yeah, I will be the tenth person to affect to rule the planet, basically." Yeah, I wasn't. You know, he oh, that that was like, rather. I odd. I interpreted her as being this is this is the background that you as the the viewer needs to get because the newscast wouldn't need to say. And yes, just 270 years ago, the United States farted its way out, and so there have been 40, you know, whatever. It, just, it was kind of nonsense background uh, in the newscast. But I, I I, thought she, yes, I. when I first watched the episode, I thought she was saying they had just had a historic conference where Earth had become a commonwealth. But on my second listening to it, I was pretty sure she's saying that's just historical background. Um, and and okay. then combined with Chapu's line about nine Dying people and people have attempt. the earth. Yeah. So back to the, the loyalty test, you notice the difference between the answers between McQueen and uh, and Tank. Have yeah. you ever killed for your country? Yes and no. Tank has never killed for his country. Yeah. I thought, what was he? Out of the times he was killing Chigs for Earth? For Earth. for not for his country, maybe that's the idea. Is they're trying to figure out, you know, it's like I, because he, he later on says, you know, they never did anything for me, so he's done it. Well, he's in the military not by choice, true. Anyway, so are you doing it for your country? No, I'm doing it because you're making me do it. it and his answer was honest. It was a, he gave a true result. You know, good, yeah, <laughs> good. That's the if that's the right answer. I just thought it was uh, interesting that they are distinguishing for your country. So, yeah, because uh, they didn't really seem like America. Perhaps something more like uh, the Korean War, where well, the conflict because it wasn't de- it wasn't a de- wasn't a declared war, <laughs> but still, but where it it, it was. I'm sure that it, it, I'm sure it, it, it that is a uh, was a very war, satisfying you know. for the slaughtered people who died there. Yes, it was a people. Was yeah. The, the United States has not fought a declared war since World War II, but we've been in, we've been at war. You know, but still, we'll call so we'll call it the Korean War, where it had the UN seal of approval, the UN peace uh, peacekeeping. Yes, and but there, action, were, that was, it was but there were different national military forces under it, and each had its own chain of command. Right, but and there was the, some sort of a joint command that yes. Supreme Al- command, Allied Command or something like that, that was, you know, all right, uh, the Greeks, you guys go take that. Right. And then they go do their thing. But yeah. Which I, I think is kind of what we've got here. Um, you kind of think that maybe, I, I know it's a trope, but you'd kind of think that all of Earth would come together to fight against the aliens, but obviously Not- um, there's still a little bit of a <laughs> nationalistic nonsense going on there. Uh, not the least which with the French. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I could think of left is this this line that the aide gives when he's talking to 
uh, West at the end when he's about to be taken off. And he gives this whole speech about if only you could have stopped Hitler or, or Stanislav or whatever his name was before he did the AI or whatever the other. Stalin. Man. Was it Stalin? Okay. Yeah. Same. Stalin. Yeah. In the same classification as we could have stopped him beforehand. It's like, it, is he a, does he believe Hayden is on the side of peace? Uh, uh, he, he can't really believe that because he's part of this assassination yeah. plot. Uh, but he, you know, he's doing, he's doing what's right for his country, mom. That, you know, back to that quote, I'm doing what I think, think was best, even though that's murder. I, I mean, maybe, but does he really think Hayden is, is so much better? Cause she doesn't, doesn't really seem like it to me. No, maybe he just thinks that Chapu's worst. And why is she blind? Born blind, she said. Yeah, but from a storytelling standpoint. Yeah. It doesn't, I mean, fine. It's, yeah, it you know, doesn't it's fine, do anything for the it character. Feels like it, it's like the silicates being there. Except possibly this. Um, it may set her up to be more sympathetic. At least, at least supposed to be more sympathetic. At least appear to be sympathetic. Right, maybe. She's Maybe blind. She's been a longtime supporter of in vitro right. She even went to jail for it back 32 years ago. Um, you know, it's worse. So when she turns out not to be sympathetic, Maybe it's supposed to be more of a surprise. Uh, I guess maybe. I mean, there is that line where she says to to Damp Mouse um, <laughs> that, uh, uh, or Dormouse, I should say. I didn't say Damp Mouse. It's Dormouse. I'm going to call her Dormouse. Uh, you know, well, what's it look like? Oh, well, it's, uh, you know, like an oil painting. And, it's like, and then smack her down a good one and says, I've never seen in my entire life. Oh. Well, then why'd you ask me what it looks like? <laughs> what, what what did you expect me to tell you? Uh, it looks like the smell of roses. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I, I, can, I, can, I can relate to that one. Just odd. Just an odd play out on that. Do you have anything else? I do. Did you notice the, I guess the word is homage to Blade Runner? I cannot say that I did. It's in the loyalty test, um, which was really the uh, oh, time for, yeah. for someone to, to program where all the monitors serve on the eyeballs. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't think of the name of that test. Uh, Voigtman Kampf test? Voigtkampf. Voigtkampf test. There we go. Hey, pretty good considering. Uh, I'm terrible with names. Yeah. Voigtkampf test. Uh, yeah. I did mean to ask, would this test work on humans? Uh, Are we supposed to think this is only in vitros? I mean, unless we think that vitros have nervous systems that are different. Well, um, using the Blade Runner, uh, aren't the the, uh, replicants indistinguishable? They can be, yes, yes. Like... Except by the void comp test, so yes, yeah, exactly, um, exactly. In fact, um, even more so if you realize that Deckard was a indeed a yeah human. But anyway, yes. And also, the my final point is I did look up the director. Okay, Felix Enriquez Alcala, who has been quite busy. Apparently, he stays busy directing episodes. And I looked up his genre credits just to narrow this down. He directed one more episode of Space Above and Beyond, episode nine. Okay. Um, he directed two episodes of Earth Two. Okay. One episode of Sliders. Okay. I remember in two thousand two he directed an episode of Taken. Right. He directed an episode of Threshold. And yeah, not even familiar with that one. Uh, he, I'm not, but I recognize the name. That was from 2006. Um, he directed, um, um, some episodes of the reimagined Battlestar Galactica, including the movie Razor. And he directed one episode of Stargate Universe. 
which well, was a real, which was which was, a, which was a real downer by the of of a series by the way. I think the I think I would go so far as to say that as episodes go so far, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that it rose to the level where if I went, wow, that is some seriously good directing, but it wasn't bad. No. You know, it, it it had its moody atmospheric spots. The, he used a lot of light and dark. Um, and that's all the, the shadows. Yeah. Which, you know, could just be a metaphor for the conspiracies going on, or it just could be, you know, he was kind of shooting for a as film noir as you can get in color kind of thing. It was, you know, it was, it was relatively tightly done. So, all right. Uh, competent. A competent director. Yes. All that and, really matters is that they bring him in under budget, though. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I will say that for all of the plot holes and the problems with the script, this, as far as an ep- the episode as a whole is the one that is the closest thing to a standout so far, which is, of course, a relative statement. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. But yeah, I agree. I agree. I think uh, to this to date, if somebody asked me uh, pick an episode of Space Above and Beyond and show it to somebody, it's like, all right, well, I guess this is the one. Rather, I think prior to that, it was the pilot. So, yeah. Speaking of episodes, number the seven next, one, next, the enemy, the enemy, which sounds like maybe we're gonna see some, you know, space aliens, maybe. Unless the enemy is Diane Hayden, which we know she's not in it, but that doesn't mean she isn't the enemy. Well, I haven't watched it yet. I neither have I. Yeah, I I, I hate to do that because then I would know what was coming, and wow. yeah, try not to, try not to do that on a show I've never seen before. Well, Dennis, thank you for joining me. My pleasure. Alistus, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash fusionpatrol or patreon.com slash fusionpatrol. For our monthly Patreon subscribers, we're currently running a special series on Babylon 5. Come join the conversation in the comments section of this episode at fusionpatrol.com. You'll also find there over a decade of past episodes. You can find some of our other works at soundcloud.com slash fusion patrol. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.